Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We're back with more of Sabres Live. Presented by Seneca Resorts and Casinos. Nothing else comes close. Victor Olofsson was a 30-goal scorer in his one and only season with the Rochester Americans. He knocked on that door last year, came up with 28, despite being scratched a few times down the stretch and ending with 75 games played. We're talking Victor today based on the fact that uh, his place amongst the top 12 or his departure from the top 12 will ultimately be a big story for this team. Uh, It's his 28th birthday. We're diving in on Victor and taking your input just as to what his role is, in fact, on this team. Balloons (laughs) again. Balloons are good. Well, the balloon, this this go around was for the free advice he's receiving on his birthday. That's a nice gesture on your part. But Be ready with the balloons because I got lots of advice to turn the bad side into. Like poke, yeah, you got your pin ready to pop some of those. But look, we're not surprised. when we posed the question, what role does Victor Olofsson have with the Sabres this year? The first answer was trade bait. Yes. Um, but there's more most, to it than that. Most of the answer is about trade them. Trade yeah, on a I, different I, team, trade bait, all of that. Something, similar role, middle six, um, and, and that's understandable. Again, he had two stretches last year, nine goals in 11 games, 10 goals in 12 games. That's more than two-thirds of his goal total happening over basically a 22-game, 23-game yes. window. Um, so yeah, like a lot of goal scorers, he is streaky being swapped out here for, you know, a second, third, fourth, fifth round pick that seems to be on the minds of many also, but why this conversation is interesting, more interesting to me is because of the Quinn injury, the expiring contract for Victor and when might be the right time to do a deal if you feel inclined to do a deal, Victor has proven to have hot starts. Is there any way he can still maximize a trade return here? Because you could see this unfolding from a team standpoint, right? Quinn's out, put Victor in, you know, Quinn's coming back. And if Quinn doesn't come back the exact same way, you've still got your other long list here of prospects that we talk about on a daily, daily basis, right? So how, what, how do you view what, all this? What if the plan for the Sabres and and because of the Jack Quinn injury is to say, let's give Victor Olsen all the good ice, all mm-hmm. the opportunities he can. He's a UFA at the end of the season. And if he performs extremely well, He's not a player that we would retain as a $7 million player or $6 million player. Like, you know, we could turn him in January or February or at the trade deadline and replace him with a young player that now has a half a season of experience that can fill into these shoes, right? So Mm -hmm. maybe this plan suits the Sabres better because now that the draft is done and now that we're in summertime and because of the Jack Quinn injury, I don't really see the Sabres trading Victor Olofsson now, not knowing 
what do you really have at the NHL level from Yuri Kulik or Lucas Rusek or Linus Weisbach or Matt Savoy? Like maybe they come into camp and they light it up. If they do, great. Okay, so now maybe you call other teams at training camp and you say, we have Victor Olofsson. You know, we'd like to see if the the, the value matches the offer, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and if it doesn't, you sit on it. But if Kulik, Savoy, Roseanne, Weisbach, Rusek, Byro, whatever, if the Murray, those guys don't come in and don't earn a spot, mm-hmm. then you better have somebody that can score 25, 28 goals on a bad year. People think Victor Olsen had a bad year. He scored 28, yeah. right? So you got to have NHL players that can score. So then you have to be patient. I don't see Victor Olsen being here long-term. And when I say long-term, I'm saying in three years from down the road when the Sabres are like, We want to win cups, multiple cups. We want to go to the finals every year. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't see Victor being part of that that picture, but that doesn't mean he's not a part of the picture right now. If you went into this summer thinking that Victor Olofsson was going to be traded, which I'm sure you did before the Quinn injury, yeah. what did you think was going to be the return? Oh, well, it's a 28-goal score. Again, like I said, and you can pull every team as their analytics department and they can Mm -hmm. look at the numbers and say, oh, well, he performed pretty good. His shooting percentage at five on five was second on the the Sabres, right? Uh, Behind Dylan Cousins, by the way. Dylan Cousins Mm -hmm. was first at shooting percentage five on five. Um, His improvement, he went from 10 even five on five goals to 17 goals. Look at who he played with. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if you got a... I would say average return would be a third round pick. A good mm-hmm. return would probably be a second round pick. Anything okay. fourth round pick would be like the Sabres have given up on Victor Olsen. Okay. So this is how the game works. We talk about it all the time now. What's There's not going to be room for everybody. Yeah. Right. There's so so if you're objectively looking at it, he was a seventh round pick. He came over and scored 30 in Rochester, which earned him the jump up. And then delivered, however you want to view it, but he delivered four seasons in the NHL. And if you move him, if you move a seventh for a third or a fourth, like, you just have to move on from it, right? Like, it's not, I don't think anybody can sit here and look at it as a, like some sort of abject failure, right? Like, it's and- it's not, it's not, but I did tease before the break, what area is going to be significant to Victor earning a spot in Jack Quinn's place or mm-hmm. not. And I compare Victor Olofsson to Jeff Skinner a lot. Like okay. you can look at the numbers, you can look at the scoring ability from not, not they're not the same type of scorers. Jeff Skinner is much more from around the net garbage goals. Victor has got the wrist shot from a little further out. Uh, Victor is a one-timer uh, on the power play type threat. Skinner is not deflection, rebounds, all that. But I look at the type of players that they are. They're very offensive-minded players. Production is going to be a big part of their value on a team, right? The type of players that they have as teammates on the ice is going to dictate what kind of success they may have. They don't Mm. drive a line. Victor doesn't drive a line. Jeff Skinner is not going to drive a line. But, you know, you play Jeff Skinner with um, Krebs and Asplund, well, you're probably going to get Victor Olofsson numbers or maybe even less, right? Like Jeff Skinner needs Tuck and Thompson. And we saw that. 
But the biggest difference between the two of them is in an area that it's very easy to, when you watch the game, to notice. You don't have to have numbers to notice, even though the numbers will back it up. Mm -hmm. But how often does Victor Olofsson go in the corner and win a puck battle? How often does he win a loose puck on the wall? How often does he get to a rebound in the offensive zone? How often does he win a puck battle on his wall in the defensive zone, right? So you watch that and you almost to instantly think he's not working hard. You almost instantly think, well, he's afraid of body contact or he's a little skittish. She doesn't want to get involved, right? And that doesn't bode well for anybody watching the game. But so I pulled the numbers on Sports Logic this morning on loose puck recoveries, right? And I compared Jeff Skinner to Victor Olofsson. And what I'm seeing out of Jeff Skinner is over the last two years, he's a dog on a bone. When there's a puck in the corner, he goes and he wins the battle. Now, maybe not as much in the defensive zone, but okay. Like Jeff has got his thing, but in the offensive zone, that's where he makes his money, right? So in loose puck recovery in the offensive zone on the Sabres last year, Jeff Skinner, fourth, fourth on the Sabres. That's also included defensemen. So there's guys like Dallin that are really good at getting down sure. the wall and getting pucks and power yeah. and all of that. Victor Olofsson was 18th, 18th on the Sabres. Two years ago, Victor Olofsson was 26. You're going to say there's not even 26 players on the roster. Well, they mm -hmm. use a lot of players. Victor Olofsson was 26th on the Sabres two years ago in loose puck recoveries in the offensive zone. Like you want to show the team, you want that spot? That is the place where you have to, because coaches, scouts, fans, us, we're going to see it. We don't need numbers at the end of the night and say, well, did Victor win lose bucks in the offensive zone tonight? No, you see those moments. You see the dedication. You see the, the hard work, right? Jeff Skinner, as much as sometimes he's a pain in the neck, he's a little weasel. He goes and gets those pucks and he works hard at getting those pucks in the corners. Victor doesn't. That's the single most impactful, like in a, in a negative way of Victor mm -hmm. Olofsson's game mm -hmm. is the loose puck recoveries, especially in the offensive zone. Now, you know that you're never going to have a team full of the same type of players when it comes to categories like that. But I was also 100% convinced you were going to say he needs to imitate him, Olofsson of Skinner, because imitation is the most sincere form of flattery, which I know is a phrase that rolls right off your tongue. No, it's not. I was trying to tell my girls about it the other day. I said, imitation is like uh, when people really appreciate who you are. It didn't, it, the, the phrase did not come out like you just said, the more sincere form of flattery. <laughs> These words did not connect in my brain the way they were supposed to. <laughs> well, I will say this, though. Um, this is Victor Olison's day for us to discuss and project and imagine what it might look like here in uh, September when the preseason rolls around. But we are, you know, kind of we're at the back end, obviously, of the very successful Give 716 Day and the total of $1.1 million raised. Yes. When I just want to, this is something we haven't talked about at all. You were out there in the community a lot before this, and I want to know how RJ's doing. You spent time with RJ on Sunday, didn't you? RJ is doing good. Um, you know what? He uh, he he's had a a, a tough summer. Um, you know, so he's had a couple of uh, things that uh, you know, obviously, kind of 
set him back a little bit, but he's back up and running and he is in great spirits. And um, it was me, Brad May and, our, and Rick Generate that we did a, an autograph signing. Um, and it was, uh, it was great to see him. And uh, he's about as witty as he always is. Um, you know, I made a couple of comments about a couple of games that I was like, Oh, I was a star in that game. And RJ was like, I made you a star. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but it was awesome to see him. The fans coming in though, to get autographs. Um, and they have pictures and they have stories and they're like, I remember in 1983, that goal and RJ's like, Oh yeah, remember that. And, and it is just, it, it's always great to see Reg Generate. He's uh he's a legend and he's the goat. That's for sure. Yeah. And uh, Maisie, literally came and went in a way only he could at the draft room. Oh, <laughs> and that he, was climbing through a very small, uh, well, how, I don't even know a small opening in the tabletop, you know, that overlook uh, the sidewalk there on yes. cobblestone. And well, he uh, came in from like across the street and then I thought, just jump over the bar. Like the doors, the big garage doors are open and he went around the other way. And somehow I looked at, it looked like, you know, when you, you're driving in my neck of the wood in East Aurora and you're like, there's, there's wooden fence everywhere. Yeah. And then there's deers that are crossing the road. The mama deer jumps the fence and then the baby deers try to find a way through the fence and they don't know. And they don't know where to put their legs. That's what made they look like. He looked like a baby deer trying to get through the fence. He was noticeable on the way in and the way out. And we appreciated his appearance among all the other Sabre alumni. And this current group is garnering an awful lot of attention. We talk about them every day. We want you to be in the arena to see them this year. Got 22 game plans as part of the half season plans available now. Choose between the Royal and Gold plan. Become a half season member and receive access to exclusive events, savings on box office prices, Sabre store, and more. Visit sabres.com slash memberships to learn more one word responses marty's wheelhouse nope. that's next on sabers live <laughs> 